what's going on? You're listening to another episode of the Woman for Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Serena Hess. The Woman for Greatness podcast is all about equipping women to pursue greatness in their own life, whether they want to be a killer stay-at-home mom, whether they want to work in the corporate life, or they want to start their own business. With each episode, we strive to understand what makes a woman made for greatness. In today's episode, this is episode 51, I get to interview Amanda Gutierrez. Amanda is a health coach and Amanda lost 40 pounds in four months. In this episode, we specifically talk about how to have a positive relationship with your body, what that looks like to grow in the relationship, what it looks like to do emotional eating and triggers of emotional eating. This episode is really focused on your relationship with your body if you're working out because you love your body or because you hate your body. So if you've ever had a tricky situation, tricky relationship with your body and caring for it and accepting it, this episode is for you. And before we get into this episode, real quick, I want to say thank you for participating in the Woman for Greatness giveaway. There were 1,852 entries in this giveaway, and the five winners were announced. I announced them over on Instagram, but I just want to say thank you for participating in this giveaway and really being a part of the greatness community. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Today, I have Amanda here with me. Amanda, how's it going? (laughs) So if you met someone for the first time, how would you like summarize your life and what's going on? Because there's a lot of different pots boiling in your life. What are some of those pots? Or I wear many hats. (laughs) I'm juggling a lot of hats. So uh, my name's Amanda, 27 years old. I have three kids. I always start with my kids. All boys, ages five, three, and two. Very busy and I'm literally just trying to keep them alive because they're boys. And then I've been married for almost eight years. My husband and I have been in ministry for eight years together as well. I'm a pastor's kid, born and raised in church. And we actually just moved to Bakersfield two years ago. We just celebrated our two year anniversary. It's just, we have a beautiful life, very full, very intense. And then after I moved to Bakersfield, I started my health journey because I was at my lowest point. And that's when everything really shifted in my life. So yeah, born and raised. Actually, I was born and raised in Riverside County. So I don't know if you guys know where that's at. It's, I always say Palm Springs, 20 miles west of Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Or if you're like in San Bernardino, we're about 20 miles east of San Bernardino. So we're right in the middle. It's called the Inland Empire, i.e. what's up? (laughs) I love Jesus. He's like everything to me. I've been a Christian and a goody two-shoes my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so God really rocked my world when I met my husband because everything is supposed to be very cookie cutter in my life. And I went to school for a year and then I got married and I didn't finish college. (laughs) And I like, you know, I was the AP student. I was supposed to get my master's and go to Bible college. And then I met Will and honestly, it was the best decision because I started to decrease and God's plan and his will in my life started to increase. So I feel like you got to really honor your story and you can't look at anyone else's story and say, Oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. So that's me. I'm such an advocate for women to fully step into who they are, especially moms, because I became a mom at 21 years old. And I've dealt with a lot of resentment. So I'm a huge advocate for really helping women be all that God's made them to be with motherhood and aside from motherhood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So I mean, I, that's a little summary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I want to have you on another time. <clears throat> just because yes. there's so many categories that your life overlaps that you could come in on different <laughs> topics. But today I want to specifically focus on like health and wellness and your awesome. journey specifically. Yeah. First, I want to say you in general as a person, this is my first time meeting you in real life. And then you on Instagram, same person. Yes. <laughs> and you on Instagram, you can see like through the Insta stories that you're glowing, in my opinion. Aww. Like you are just like, <laughs> happy and excited and then like you look good and your hair looks good and your makeup like you were just like radiant online and that I feel like that's it's unique to you and it's unique that a lot of people are kind of bogged down by life and like oh I'm so tired and I look at you and I'm like you're busy you have a full plate and I just have to ask like where does the glow what is that (laughs) honestly I've always been a very spunky, excited person, happy. And it's, it's making me emotional that you say that because that's not who I was two years ago. My husband looked at me and he said, why are you so angry? Why are you like this? You, you act like you hate me. You act like you hate your kids. And I'm just, again, I'm, I'm, it's such a blessing to hear that you think I'm beautiful and radiant because it wasn't always, it was always like that, but I came to a place in my life where it wasn't like that anymore. And I kind of went radio silent on social media because I'm really, I I feel very convicted if I'm acting like one way on my social media and not a certain way in person with my family and with my kids. Essentially, I would say I've always been like that. I've just, where's the party at? Let's talk, let's connect. I always tell people I can make friends with a tree stump. I just like, I want people to know that, they are awesome, you know? And I think a part of it is my nature, but there's another part where I, I know that when I am connected to, to Jesus and I realize how much he loves me regardless of me, mm-hmm. I can that will flow over into just who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm on autopilot and I'm not growing in my self-awareness or I am, am bogged down by life, I will kind of... Re- you know, be a recluse and shut down and not be on social media and just stay quiet and not be fully who I am. That I would say that's where it comes from. My, my relationship with the Lord, because thank you, Jesus, I would not be here without him. I, I honestly, it's like, seriously, Jesus, he's my homie. He's like, he keeps me grounded. But also I would say really putting my health at the front seat has given me this, this energy that was always there but I had lost for a season. So yeah, I didn't mean to get emotional, but it really is like eye-opening to talk about this Mm -hmm. because it's not every day someone asks you those questions. So yeah, I I would say that's where my glow comes from is, you know, Rachel Hollis says, you are in charge of your happiness. Mm -hmm. And that's true. When I heard her say that, I said, you know what, Amanda? You're in charge. If you're unhappy, do something. Mm -hmm. Stop pity partying and being over in your little corner crying and eating your hot Cheeto burrito, (laughs) wondering why your life's not changing. You know, you got to get up and kind of get to that place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So, and now that I've became a health coach too, I get to like see other people change their lives as well. And a lot of that does play into my happiness and glow and love for life. Because when you're giving out, there's so much you receive. It's very rewarding to, to really be about building up others 
dreams. Can you take me back to the place when Will said to you, like, why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like you hate me? Why are you acting like you hate the kids? Like what was going on and take me to that place and just describe what was going on in your head? Yeah. So we had just moved to Bakersfield. This is July of 2017. I fought moving here like no one's business. I was like, God is not speaking to me. Our marriage was on thin ice. I was very angry at Will. And I was essentially, I was grieving because whenever you move into a new season in your life, there is a place where you have to grieve that old season to step into the new one. So I was really sad and I had no community, no family out here. And mind you, we're taking on this church that's dying and I'm, you know, 25, 26 years old. And we're like, we're just out here wanting to love people to life. We don't even know how to navigate this new culture, these people. A lot of hate was being projected towards us. So that's kind of where we were at. This is July And then through that whole year to the end of 2017, I got, I was at my heaviest weight. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of that stemmed from grief and eating my emotions. Let's just be honest. I was totally emotionally eating, but I did make a decision when I moved to Bakersfield, I was going to lose this weight. I had just had a baby. My younger two are 13 months apart. So my son was only seven months old when we moved here. And I was like, I'm getting this baby weight off. We're going to do this. So I'm going to the gym three to four times a week spin classes because you burn the most calories at spin, right? You're burning like 600 calories. I'm doing spin and I'm trying all these things, keto, carb cycling, paying a trainer on Facebook to check my macros. Like I did all of it. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't seeing the scale move and it was feeding into the self-loathing that was already there Mm -hmm. because I was wearing a size 14. I could only really wear leggings. I'm in Bakersfield in the summer and I'm sweaty. Like nobody wants to be in that place. (laughs) July through December, January, February rolls around. You know, everyone's doing New Year's resolutions and I'm stuck, right? I'm working really hard, but nothing's changing. So I would work out really hard, come home and I would binge eat. Not to mention my household like wasn't supporting a healthy lifestyle either. And when I mean that, I mean my husband. (laughs) He's not obese or overweight and that's his story. So for me, I would always kind of blame Will. Like I can't lose this weight because you're over here ordering French fries and burgers. Because of you. Yeah, it's your (laughs) fault. And then I would take out that anger and then blame my kids. Well, it's because I had these kids and they're draining me and I'm exhausted. That's where a lot of my anger came from. But really, if I really talk about the root of my anger, it's it was Mm self-loathing. And how are we supposed to love people if, or how are we supposed to love God if we don't love ourselves? That's an oxymoron. God made us. He breathed me into existence. Mm -hmm. How can I sit here and say, I love you, God. I want to serve you, but I'm going to hate what you created. I'm going to hate myself. And we were on the floor. I'll never forget. This was like the, the moment we're on the floor in our bathroom. Will's on the floor. And I look at him and our marriage was just in shambles. I mean, I did not think we were going to stay married. I was literally ready to pack my bags and go home. And I looked at him and I said, what are we doing? Like, we're just existing. I'm just, we're just roommates. So we start going to marriage counseling and then my health coach reaches out to me. And so she knew me through Will, you know, long story short, I start this meal plan. She becomes my health coach. She lost 80 pounds in six months. 
And I'm on that first phone call. It's, we call it a health assessment. And I'm crying to her. And I don't even know her. Yeah. I'm like, Tracy, help me. Like, I can't do this anymore. You know, it was like, she's asking all these questions about my health. And it's kind of putting it into a reality. You know, it's, it's she made me talk about my health and face reality. So I start plan March 9th and everything changed from there. So March 9th of 2018, that was my day one on this meal plan with the health coach. It was all food, no exercise. And I needed that because I'm really good at being focused on one thing and doing it really well. But in the past, I was having to work out five days a week and change my eating. It was just too much. I was overwhelmed. I had three kids to raise. I wasn't even sleeping through the night. So if there are any moms out there listening and you got a baby give yourself a break, dude. I don't really want to see you at the gym till that baby is over a year old and sleeping through the night. You have to understand your season and, and have grace for your season. And so anyway, that's just a little side tangent, but March 9th, 2018 is when it all started. But the emotional state of where I was at, I had a lot of self-loathing. And so when you hate yourself, you project that on other people. It's like misery loves company. And when you when people are hurting others, it's because they're hurt. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was at. Yeah. So then after that, 40 pounds in four months, what was that like? Wow. It was wild. I mean, I had tried everything for about two years and to see results so quickly with just changing my eating, I was like, what is this going to be hard? Now, granted, it was hard because there were moments where we're going to birthday parties and I'm not going to eat that cake because I don't want to throw my body out of fat burn and have to work my way back into it. So it is hard, but really it wasn't. All food-based. I had to eat the meals that were sent to me, ate the food, drank the water, and I lost the weight. So my first two weeks, I was 11 pounds down. Mm -hmm. Feels good. You start to like... Oh, you know, I like people are, yeah. I mean, one of our friends was living with us at the time and he's like, oh my gosh, Amanda, like, are you losing weight? I'm like, yes, I am, you know? And so you start to build your confidence. I mean, you're all about confidence, Serena. So our body is, is a part of that. I don't think that our bodies should be the pinnacle of our confidence, but it definitely plays a part. So I started to lose weight 11 pounds in two weeks. I posted on Facebook and everybody was like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's when I started coaching people yeah. because I figured I would love to bring people along on my journey. How many people out there need a program or a plan that's simple and structured to just kickstart their health like it did for me? So 40 pounds in four months was unbelievable. I, I literally had to like double take when I looked at the mirror and say, I don't even know who this person is. I'm wearing a size 27 in jeans. I was in a size 32. I was in a size 14 in my shorts. Now I'm in a size 6, 8. That, it was just mind-blowing to me. You know, I'm not wearing a size large or XL in my shirts. It was like I went from existing to living again. Mm -hmm. And I tell that to a lot of people. When you put your health in the front seat and you start to feel good again and you start to lose weight, and you start to see who has been hiding behind those layers of, of weight, mm -hmm. you, you start to start living, living again. I went from existing to living. That's, that's really what happened, yeah. you know, and I'm still on a journey of now 
developing myself even more. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that part because uh, in one of your Instagram captions, you said that. So you were saying, I would say it was worth it. I didn't just lose 40 pounds. I gained my life back. I went from existing to living. The Amanda that was buried for years finally broke free. The health journey isn't about achieving the perfect body. It's not about getting skinny. It's a journey of self-discovery. I discovered that I am capable of self-control. I am capable of loving myself. And I am capable of changing my habits. I really appreciate how you're honest about like your emotions throughout the whole thing. How you feel different and you feel refreshed and you feel like a new person and I just want to talk to talk about I am capable of self-control thing real quick just because I feel we let ourselves slide a lot oh it's okay if I do this oh it's not it doesn't really matter if I do this oh it's okay if I just have that one piece of bread or whatever I don't know so can you talk to me about like what that was like for you in that season yeah I would love to you know that was one of the big intrinsic motivators for me was self-control. I had to look at myself in the mirror when I started and I told myself, Amanda, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. You can do this. If, if I'm going to say I'm a Christian and live this life and want to be the best version of myself and love people and Christ dwells in me. So I am capable of self-control. That was one of my big motivators when I would be faced with temptation, right? Like, no, I'm not going to eat that. I am capable of self-control. And through this process, I was able to prove myself, prove to myself that I had self-control because I was the typical girl who would do a crazy meal plan and strict exercise for three days and just say, forget it and binge eat. Literally, that was like, this vicious cycle because I am a person with very high standards. I just operate that way. It's like, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be 150%. I'm going to be the next president of the United States. It's like, why don't you just start with being a secretary and work your way up? I'm just trying to give you a visual. So when I had to start this self-control was my main motivator. It's like, I, I can do this. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And you are capable of saying no because sometimes we have to say no to things right now so we can say yes to greatness later. It's all a mindset thing. You, you can't be like, I can't have this and I can't have that because you're already defeated. You're defeated. Like you're already starting off in a very negative mindset, but instead you change the narrative. I can put my body first. I'm so happy I have this meal plan. I get to feed my body amazing fuel. I can have self-control. And another thing that really kept me going with, with this whole vein and self-control is I realized that food was my source of happiness. Mm -hmm. And I really had to reevaluate that and nip that in the bud. I was like, food cannot be my source of joy. My relationships make me happy. I am such a connector. So there was one night we went out with our friends on a double date. We actually went to Ethel's. Okay. okay. <laughs> Never been there. Just disclaimer. <laughs> we're, you know, pastors in a city and we just, we saw Ethel's and we're like, this looks like a fun place. And then our pastors were like, don't ever go to Ethel's again. Anyway, we had a good time. So there was live music. We're all for it. So we went to Ethel's and I ordered a salad and I had, you know, my water with lemon and my friend's like, I can't believe you're ordering a salad. I'm like, my food is not going to make me happy. You guys, like this is making me happy. This connection, this community is what fuels me. Mm -hmm. 
as far as emotionally, my food's not going to be my emotional fuel anymore. Mm -hmm. So that tied in with that self-control. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too. So Ben, he travels sometimes for work. So maybe he'll be gone for two days or something. When he was gone, I would get anxious or nervous or worried. And then I'd be like, oh, well, he's gone. I don't feel good about that. Maybe I should splurge for dinner or maybe I should have like, oh, I'm going to make this really nice for myself, chocolate and wine and corn, like all the whole setup. And so it happens like a handful of times. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is emotional eating for me in that way. Cause I was feeling anxious or nervous or worried that he was going to be gone. And then I try to soothe myself in that way. Can you talk about your experience of emotional eating, why you did it or when you did it or like what that was like? Because I think a few people that listen to this might struggle with that. And I think you might be sharing some truth in that area. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk emotional eating because honestly, that is where the root is. I heard it was the good girl's drug. That's what I heard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, here's the deal. This is what grinds my gears. All right. We talk addiction, right? Drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, pornography. Let's just be really real here. There are serious addictions, but we don't want to look at ourselves and say, I'm an emotional eater and I'm a food addict. The hardest thing about being a food addict is we need food to survive. You don't need alcohol or drugs or pornography to survive, right? So the alleviating that addiction cycle or releasing that to the Lord and and really getting free from that, I don't want to say it's easier. I'm just saying that you don't need it. But food, you're faced with food every single day. I mean, it can get real draining really quick, right? Like, I don't want to have to make another good choice. But I think we need to talk about this. And especially as Christians, I mean, we can look at people and point our finger at their sin and how terrible they are, but look at how many Christians are obese. I'm saying this with so much love because I was there, but that narrative needs to change, man. Like, how can we love people and not take care of ourselves? It doesn't make sense. It's it's an oxymoron. So emotional eating is no different from being an addict to anything else. We are addicted to social media, right? We're addicted to shopping, addicted to food. And my addiction was food. And I even, Serena, I kid you not, when I was like, okay, so last summer when I had lost all my weight, it was July that I hit my 40 pound mark. So let me just paint a picture for you. We move into this house. We just bought a house March of last year. Both AC units went out. So we had no air conditioning last summer, August. The entire month of August, we were basically homeless. Like nowhere to go, where do we live? We like went to my friend's house in Corona for a week with three kids, five and under. I don't even know how I maintained my weight, but I will tell you, I did a lot of shopping. Guess what? (laughs) That emotional need from food that I had dealt with, oh, now I'm doing retail therapy because I'm going to lose my mind, you know? And so it sometimes will ebb and flow and go into different directions. But emotional eating for me was, was the reason why I gained all my weight back. Like I mentioned earlier, I was grieving. I was lonely and I felt like I was drowning. And so I would go to food and this is what I tell my clients. We're going to feel like crap. So then we're going to eat like crap to feel good for about three minutes and then feel like crap again and then repeat the cycle. (laughs) It is a vicious cycle. And so emotional eating is a huge part of the way I coach my clients. Mm -hmm. 
when they're feeling like I want to give up, I hop on a call with them. I'm like, listen, girlfriend, do you remember what you said on your first phone call? You're 23 years old. You only get to be 23 one time. So are you really going to just throw the towel in right now? No, you're not. Let's really reevaluate where you're at. What are your emotional triggers? Are you getting good sleep? No. Are you stressed out? Yes. Okay. Let's navigate this. Let's figure out where that's coming from. I mean, I even had a moment where I was like, I realized that my emotional eating comes from childhood. It's like everything we did was around food. You had a great day at work. Let's eat some ice cream. You had a hard day at work. Let's eat some ice cream. I'm stressed about an AP test. Ice cream, you know, like literally I'm like, okay, the only reason I didn't gain a bunch of weight in high school is because I was in sports. So yay me, but it left me emotionally dependent on food when my metabolism started slowing down and I had kids and everything changes, right? Emotional addictions are a real thing and it is a huge part of the coaching process for me. I'm not just giving people a tool for their food. I'm actually getting in the trenches in people's lives. One of my girlfriends is at a camping trip and she's texting me. She's like, man, I didn't realize how, how much my body is craving these chips and these hot dogs and these burgers. Like I am so emotionally dependent on food. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know girl, I get it. You know, but keep texting me. I'll keep cheering you on. Let me support you. Go grab your fueling, grab some water, go to a private place of solitude and journal for a little bit. You know, let's, let's, it's a process to emotionally really get rid of that addiction to food, you know, just like any other addiction. I think that's what we really need to hone in on is that obesity, it doesn't stem from like, I mean, there are some that have genetic problems and things like that, thyroid issues. But I mean, look at us as Americans, we're overspent, overworked, stressed out, finances are down and obesity is skyrocketing. So these are correlating together. We are just consume, consume, consume. We need more, more, more. And then now we're implementing that into our eating. I really empathize with people who do struggle emotionally with eating because I was there and I still have to make decisions. You know, I, my grandma passed away last October and I felt like the emotional eating didn't even really start till like December, January. And then I had to like reassess and I'm like, why am I wanting to eat. And I had to reassess that. So it's a daily journey. There's no condemnation. It is just a matter of looking at yourself and like kind of owning our truth. Am I emotionally addicted to food? Yes. Okay, cool. Well now that's where I come in and I help you navigate that. So, so you mentioned there's emotional triggers that you talk with, with your clients. Can you walk us through a few of those just so we can kind of get an idea or like heart check? Okay. Am I struggling with this? Like what are some emotional triggers? Emotional triggers can be, I mean, for me personally, my, my kids, it's summer is kicking my butt, man. I'm like, where's the babysitter? (laughs) You guys need to go to daycare or where's your, when does school start? So the pressure of people or your kids need needing you and sucking things out of you. That could be an emotional trigger where you're just like, Wah! oh my gosh, zebra popcorn. I'm going to eat that right now because I am so done, you know? So that's an emotional trigger. Emotional triggers can be issues in your marriage. Financial stress. Hello. That's a huge one. You're just like doing your budget or you're overdrafting and you're like, ah, and so you go to food. Another trigger can be just being in an environment with let's say a birthday party with your family, right? And everyone's eating 
and you're over there with your healthy food, and they're like, what are you eating? Go ahead, just eat this. That's a trigger. Mm-hmm. So there might be, you might have to go in a, through a season. You might have to go through a season where you have to pull back from some social events to really build up your endurance and know that healthy is not what you do, it's who you are. So understanding those triggers is a huge part of making healthy living a lifestyle, not just some fad or diet. So another emotional trigger could be just things that are brought up in your past or stress at work. Stress at work can be an emotional trigger. There's just so many things. I I can just kind of narrow it down this way. Stress is a huge trigger. Lack of sleep Mm -hmm. and forgetting your why. Go. Those are your my three top triggers. Mm-hmm. When you forget why you started, you're most likely not going to see the finish line. Because mm-hmm. we all can start stuff, but starting something and finishing something is different. Yeah. And I talked <laughs> earlier, right? You're a really great starter. I told Amanda I'm a profuse starter, but not a strong finisher. So I'm working on that. Yeah, and, and we all love starting new things. It's it's exciting. We're like, yeah, yeah, woohoo. But the way you finish speaks a lot about our character. So it's just a level of growing in your Mm self-development. And our health is a huge part of that, you know? So, so we've already dove into so many different oh categories gosh. and things. I know. But I'm sorry for talking so no, much. No, you. I, I mean, so like much. that's what this is. You know what <laughs> <Right>? I mean? <laughs> I really, I have another caption, but mainly I want to talk about the difference between working out or exercising or eating well out of like spite for your body Ooh. versus out of care for and love because there's a lot of people we were talking earlier there's a lot of people on instagram working out and they look amazing or blah 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 whatever and they have the six pack and no shade you can have a six pack okay but i want to talk about the different mindsets between the two and like working out because your body is able to move and because you're healthy or working out because oh i just ate this and this is punishment or I want to talk about those. And you did, your caption was how you were going, working out, going to spin class three times a week and then coming home to binge eat. And you were so ashamed of how you ate the night before and thought you really going to have to make up for the crap you ate yesterday. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you did that. So how that's a form of self-hatred. Talk to, talk to that girl, talk to those two places. Let's talk about the two mindsets. Okay. This really changed for me. Um, you know, since I, I started working out this last April, so about, I've been working out for about four months, but about, you know, rewind to when I f- first moved to Bakersfield and I was going to the spin classes, the self-hatred was so dominant. And so I would go to a spin class and punish my body. It's not healthy. It's not a healthy way to lose weight. Starving yourself is not a healthy way to lose weight. You have to find something that's sustainable that is a lifestyle change. That was how I used to work out, you know, self-hatred. And I even see people do it all the time. I like crap this weekend, so I got to hit it hard. I'm like, um, I think that the motive is, is wrong. You know, we got to always go back to not what we do, but why are we doing those things? Now, I'm a perfectionist. The self-critic is very loud in my head. I don't know if any of you resonate, but I have a very loud self-critic. So I'm always looking at how I can be better. And so I have to daily say I'm the best I am where I'm at. And it's not about me. It's about the Jesus in me to make me better and grow me. So 
self-hatred and working out is a very common thing I see. It's, it's everywhere. We all, you know, I mean, even I still struggle with it where I, I had a 360 body scan today and I'm like, Ugh, you know, like I'm going to have to work out harder. And so you have to daily crucify that thought process. So I actually, right after the 360 body scan, I get on the Stairmaster and I'm just having to tell myself like, wow, God, thank you for my health. I'm so grateful for how far I've come. You know, am I perfect? No, but man, I lost 40 inches from a year ago. So good for me. I am so proud of myself and I'm a work in progress and I'm exercising now because it's a good habit of health. It's not to be perfect. It's not to, you know, look like this person on Instagram or have a six pack and those things are great, but that's another trigger too, is, is our social media can be a trigger that leads you down a rabbit hole of Mm self-hatred where you're just comparing your body to someone else's and you don't know their story. They could be a 22 year old, never birthed a baby. Why the heck are you even following them? (laughs) Right? Like, you know, us, us as moms, even, you know, our bodies birth this incredible human being and we really need to honor our season and our bodies for where they're at. So working out as a form of honoring your body is a totally different narrative than working out as a form of self-hatred, you know? And I think, again, we go back to why are we doing this? Why am I eating healthy? Why am I exercising? And for me, it's this thrill of I'm changing my body. I'm starting to see muscle definition and I'm starting to tone up. And it's exciting because I am starting to see that I am getting stronger. I'm feeling more energized. And eventually my body will go along with that transformation and and it will change and morph over time, but I'm going to give it a lot of grace and we're just going to partner together and do this. Not it's me against my body, you know, way too many women are against their bodies. And so, um, it's, it's really sitting down and asking yourself, why do I want to work out and, and being honest about it. And if there's any level of self-hatred where they, you know, are ashamed of how they eat and they're ashamed of how they look, um, reel it back and, you know, start to find people on social media that are encouraging you to love your body, but also encouraging you to be better. Because we talked about that earlier. We're in this culture of, I see a lot of Instagrammers who are posting about body positivity in all shapes and sizes. And honestly, I, I love that. And in the same breath, I also love being challenged to be the best version of myself. So I feel like I'm always in between in limbo right there. It's like, I want to love myself right where I'm at. And I also want to be better. So finding that balance and understanding your why, making sure that there's not that self-hatred going into your exercise. Your body does know what your mind's thinking. So if you're just beating up your body, your body's going to sense that and it's going to move through your body and it's just not, it's not going to cooperate. I really, truly believe that. Like it all really starts in your mind, you know? Yeah. Well, and I found too, like for me to go to the gym or me to put on a workout video at home and do it, if it's out of like, oh, I just, I ate poorly or, oh gosh, I haven't been in like two weeks. I really need to go. 
versus like a positive. Ben and I, we did a Spartan race last year. And so leading up to the race, I was so much more motivated to work out because it's like, oh, well, I have this big thing coming up and I'm kind of nervous and kind of scared like to challenge myself to do that. I don't know if I could do that. But leading up to it, I was so much more motivated to work out. And then while I was doing it, it was like from the mindset of, wow, I'm grateful that I have a body that can do this because I know when I'm old and 80, I can't jump over walls and run four miles working out or moving your body because you're healthy and you're actually able to versus like oh I haven't been to the gym in a month and uh, and it's like so it's such a difference because it's so much more joyful like wow I have the opportunity to move and jump and you know run versus oh my gosh I ate that that's terrible for me or I don't like how my stomach looks or my legs like that's it's a totally different mindset yeah you know what I mean well and you can even see it at the gym I'm, I'm there all the time. I go five days a week. What I noticed is, you know, during the workout, I see a lot of these, you know, girls and guys and they're like upset. Yeah, they're grumpy. I'm like, everybody's what? mean. Everyone's, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like dancing through the workout. I'm literally drenched in sweat. My legs are jello, but like put a smile on. This is a beautiful privilege and opportunity oh my gosh, we get to move our bodies this way. Wow. How many people are, are stuck at home with a chronic illness? You know, it's, it's about perspective. It really is. And I just refuse to be that person. I'm not going to go to the gym and be grumpy. I'm going to be smiley. Look at my trainer be like, what's up girl? You know, or like, look at her and be like, you really going to make me lift this weight? you know, and it's just kind of joke around and be, I just think we all take ourselves way too seriously. I mean, honestly, I'm like, let's just live up live it up a little bit, enjoy your life and know that your body is, is a well-oiled machine. When you fuel it with good fuelings and you, you exercise and, and get your heart rate going, it doesn't even have to be a crazy CrossFit exercise. It could be just going on a walk, but be grateful. I think, I think also that self-loathing, you can't self-load if you have a heart of gratitude. And honestly, I've, I've come into a new season where I am journaling more and I'm realizing that when I'm journaling and re- and I have these little journal prompts about gratitude, it's changed everything for me because I really am grateful for the little things. I love that I get to go to the gym. My husband stays home and takes care of the kids so I can go alone and have my me time. I'm jazzed. I'm like, we're going to the gym. I don't care what happens. We're, I might throw up. Cool. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's really a perspective shift. But when I would go to the gym before, like when it, before I lost all my weight, I was just really angry. Honestly, I just wasn't happy, period. Most people don't know that because I think I do do a good job. I think we all do a good job at masking, mm-hmm. right? What's really going on. If you actually compared my life, like say on film, you know, on B-roll, right? And you saw my life then and now, you would say, oh yeah, that's passive aggressive. That's actually a sign of anger. <laughs> Amanda was really angry, you know? Mm-hmm. And... I even had an interview the other day because they wanted to hear my story. And my husband was just like, you guys don't understand. <laughs> like my wife was so angry and we have a 17 year old that lives with that us feels too. Good for him to say, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, I'm so glad you just laid all my crap out there. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Hey, we already talked about that. No. So my 17 year old, even I think by like week three, she's like, wow, Amanda, your entire attitudes changed. I'm not yelling at the kids anymore. I mean, my husband literally looked at me. He's like, do you have like a in-between gauge or do you just go straight to red? 
And I said, right now I go straight to red. Cause I just, it's like a kettle, you know, that's just boiling. And I was literally on the verge of explosion all the time, you know? So anyway, but yeah, I think that the self-loathing and the self-loving is really needs to be evaluated every time we step foot in the gym, Mm -hmm. not, not just monthly, but really it's a daily practice where we have to say, I love my body. I love getting my heart rate going. And honestly, even in this last month, I feel like that has shifted for me. Where I'm like, I'm there five days a week, but it's because I love it. I love how my body feels. I love how I have energy. And that's really why I'm there. I'm really not here trying to be a coach with a six pack. It'd be cool. But I think people really want real. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I just have a few more questions. We talked about these. Oh, I'm excited about this one. (laughs) Do you have a morning routine? And if you do, what is it? Um, and are, are there any habits or things that you do every single day that you could not go a day without? Yes, this is a great one. So our entire company, you know, my business is based off of this one saying, you change your choices, you change your habits, you change your life. And it's true. Our habits are everything. Here's what my morning looks like. I wake up at 6am. I make myself a cup of coffee. I grab one of my fuelings and I sit down and drink it. I eat, I drink water. Usually actually when I first wake up, I drink a few sips of water. And so I sit on the couch and read my word. I journal and just kind of get my morning to start off in a really slow, peaceful way. And it's really important for me to do that because my kids are up at 7 a.m. So mama needs a good 40 minutes to be totally alone and quiet. And I have really realized and seen a change in the way I'm even parenting and mothering my kids. Cause now I'm not being woken up by my two-year-old tugging on my shirt. I'm ready to embrace them when they wake up. That is huge disclaimer. If your child is 18 months and under, and you're not sleeping through the night, forget the morning routine. Okay. I just thought throw okay. that out there. <laughs> you're okay, mom. If you're like getting up two to three times in the night, Cause there are still nights where my two-year-old will wake up or May was crazy. So we were all sick for about seven weeks straight, just rotating. I was, there was no morning routine. Okay. Because I said, I'm going to sleep in and I, I'm exhausted. Right. So grace for your season. I just want to throw that out there. But when I'm good and I'm getting a good seven to eight hours of sleep, I'm up at 6am and then I leave my house at like 6:50 and I go to the gym and that's Monday through Friday. Every day I'm there five days a week. So then I get up, go to the gym, and then I come home around 8, 8.30. And then that's when my day starts. And these are some habits that really... When do you get ready? Where does that... Oh my gosh. Because so, on Insta stories, you most days you have your makeup on, you're put yep. together, and you do your makeup really well. Oh my gosh. And you're always looking really cute. And I'm Thanks. like, and I don't have kids. I, <laughs> I'm not like a busy, busy health coach. I, you know, like all these different yeah. things. And I'm like how does she find the time? So I'm like, break it down. Like where, when does this happen? Okay. So (laughs) you, so we have a 17 year old that lives with us. She is a huge help. And my husband is as well. So my husband doesn't usually have to, sometimes he has to be at work by nine, but it's his schedule is really flexible. So if I'm home by eight 15, mama's in the shower and y'all still watching the kids. You know what I mean? Like I don't talk to anyone usually till about nine o'clock is when, you know, things start rolling. And so 
Usually even in the mornings I have calls. I'm making calls and doing health assessments and stuff. So I'll shower, put my buds in, and then I have a health assessment. So this is just what my summer routine's like right now because there's no daycare and we're just rolling. Put my earbuds in and this is where I do my makeup. So I'm sitting down, you know, I'm already showered. I do my makeup, I get dressed for the day and then that's my, I'm ready. And so here are some habits. Number one, I always eat every two to three hours. There's something going in my body. I have alarms going off. If I maybe am out of my schedule and I need to get back into it, but every two to three hours, it's like my internal clock's like eat something. So I do that. And then I drink half my body weight in ounces of water every single day, every day, girl. Like I can tell by my energy, by just everything when I'm dehydrated and the Amanda two years ago drank maybe three glasses of water. I mean, I was drinking coffee all day long, right? Coffee in the morning, coffee at 10, coffee at five, you know? And one of the healthy habits I started to implement even is cutting back from two to three cups of coffee to one cup of coffee a day, you know? So every two to three hours I'm eating. Every morning I try to be up by 6 a.m. because my morning, it sets me up for the day. And then here's also how I get stuff done too, Serena, now that you've asked. This is a little bit of some, some parenting tips. My kids nap every single day between the same time frame. All three of them, five, three, and two. It's nap time. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything to interrupt that. Some days are different, especially in the summer. But for the most part, they go down by 1230 or one o'clock and they're not up till three o'clock. And my five-year-old doesn't nap, but he'll do quiet time. So I look at Ezra and I'm like, no, no, boo-boo. I don't know why you're trying to talk to me right now, but it's quiet, it's quiet time. time. <laughs> like I'm not available to anybody for these next two hours because yes, the nap time is for the children, but really it's for me. You know, it's really for me to stay sane. So then that's always like a part of my schedule. I'm always thinking nap time. Like if we're going to go somewhere, there's nap time, you know? And that's also where I do a lot of my work. So I'll hop on my computer. I have some calls scheduled or I'll call my clients or text them, look at my, um, you know, my website, things like that. So every day, that's what my afternoon looks like. And then usually by the time 4.30, 5 o'clock rolls around, I'm making dinner. And so every night I make a lean and green meal. So it's a healthy serving of lean protein, three servings of vegetables. Mm -hmm. And then on the days that I'm exercising, which is every day, but I'm incorporating a lot more healthy fats. So avocados, cheeses, sour cream, whatever, any kind of healthy fats that I can incorporate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what like a normal yeah. day looks like. Yeah, no days it. are normal in ministry, but I am such a person who I operate really well on a schedule. Mm -hmm. I've been that way my whole life, even as a child. You know, my mom will always tell me, Amanda you're not doing well because you don't have a schedule. I'm like, I know I'm going to explode, you know? <laughs> and then, um, another thing is every day I'm doing a load of laundry. So my laundry, I I'm folding and washing and doing that every day, every night before I go to bed, all my dishes are done. They're put away. My kitchen's clean. I I'm very type a, and I'm also a believer that like your home needs to welcome you. And so if you're feeling cluttered or unorganized or unmotivated, mm -hmm clean something, you know, organize something. You'll feel so refreshed when you can walk into your home and you're like, it's not perfect because we don't live perfect lives, 
but it embraces you. It says, hey, welcome home. So like last night, sitting on the couch, the candles are lit. I'm like, I am living my best life right now. (laughs) And then I get to wake up the next day and no, I don't have dishes to clean. The counters are clean. And so those are just some things that I implement in my own personal life that a lot of people don't maybe see. Yeah. And there's some days where I work out in the morning and I have, I don't shower till the evening. I'm just being honest. Like I didn't have time. We're, we're doing errands in my workout clothes. It's, it is what it is, you know? So I don't do my makeup and get ready every day, but I would say maybe three to five times out of the week I do because I also feel my best and feel ready to work when I am prepared for that. It's, Mm -hmm. there's like something that clicks in you when you take the time to just put some clothes on and get dressed and put a little bit of makeup on, you know, and say, okay. I'm ready for whoever shows up today. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody has to get totally put together every day, but personally I feel more confident and like, even just at the grocery store, if my hair and makeup's done, I'm like, oh, hi, like to the cashier, absolutely, even like to present myself forward. Well, and first impressions really are a big deal. I don't think that we need to be fake at all. You know, I don't think we need to put on a mask, but there's something that happens inside us when we take care of ourselves. And so for me, sometimes it's even just putting a little concealer, mascara and brows on. And I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have a full glam face. You know, I'm not trying to be all like snatched up or anything because I'm literally not going to probably see anybody today, but I feel even ready to show up on my social media too. I feel more confident. I'm like, Hey guys, you know, I'm thinking what kind of IGTV can I do today? Or should I do a live video on Facebook? So there's just something that clicks when you take care of yourself as well. So I, as a mom too, it can be, you can feel so isolated just staying at home. I really try to get out once a day. So if I'm feeling a little like maybe down or kind of like lonely, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, kids, let's go to Target (laughs) and trust and believe I go out with all three of my kids by myself to Target Mm -hmm. because those carts are great. You strap them in and My kids love Target. So sometimes I'll do that. I don't have anything planned and Will's working and I'm just like, we're just going to go out. And, but I'm, I'm also fueled by people. So when I'm seeing people, I, I feel myself from their energy. It's awesome. So my day looks like. I'm always curious. And it, well, that's was I was like, how does she do all this stuff? What does she do? I'm like, I need a layout. Like, Oh my gosh. Well, I hear some people that like get up at five and I'm like, mm-hmm, 6 a.m. is the earliest I'll do. Yeah. And it's funny how like, you know, when my son was first born, my oldest, it was like, I could still sleep in till 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And that, that life's over. Sorry, yeah. your kids are up at 6.30, 7 a.m. every day, girlfriend. So you're going to have to just make it happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. so what does it mean to you to be a woman made for greatness? What does it mean to me? I think it means being more than your limiting beliefs. Being more than what our culture has said for years and years. There's just a lot to unravel in that so many times I find myself wanting to limit myself because I shouldn't be this or I shouldn't do this and I think a lot of that comes from a cultural way of thinking that we live in a man's world you know and so I have my duties and he has his and we got to stay in our lane so I think for me a woman of greatness is really just finding what fuels fuels you and never losing that Mm -hmm. and never 
making that small in your life. Don't make the things that you love and that fuels you, don't minimize those things. Keep those still at the forefront and develop those things. Create just for the sake of creating. Figure out what you're good at and what you love and always make sure that that stays at the forefront so you don't lose yourself in the job or the role as a wife or the role as a spouse, you know? I think a woman of greatness is someone who is authentically free to be who they are. We see a lot of women who portray to be someone that they're not. And it's nothing against them, but that's rooted in fear. Because for years, we have been told as women to stay quiet. You're too much. You're too emotional. You're too dramatic. And I want to change that narrative for women all over the world. You're not too dramatic. Are our feelings facts? No. So let's reevaluate. But be true and authentic to who you are. I want to see women be that. Um, And when we can fully be that, we're not going to be intimidated by each other either. And we're not going to shame each other and guilt each other or say, why is she doing this? So a woman of greatness lives without comparison, lives authentic to who she is and who God made her to be. And frees others to do the same. So I would say that that's what a woman of greatness means to me. And I really believe that we are in a season and a time as a culture where there are lots of women who are rising up politically, spiritually. We're kind of having this awakening moment in our culture. But without Jesus and without having an understanding that our lives are not about us, that our lives are to bring the kingdom of God to this earth, we can get really twisted real quick because men and women are not supposed to be competing. We're supposed to be a team. And my husband still reminds me of that. You know, I just talked to him last night. I'm like, we're going to go to my convention. I really need you to be on board, you know, because God is really going to, this is my turn to elevate. And he's like, Amanda, we're doing this together. A woman of greatness is also aware of her role in the life God's put her in and will also honor the men in her life in their role too, and not think it's a competition. Mm -hmm. I really truly believe that. I mean, I'm raising boys, so I don't want my boys to grow up thinking that they're less than because mom was a, a boss, you know, and women are better than men. So I think there's a lot to unravel with what a woman of greatness looks like, right? Mm -hmm. She's not intimidated She's not afraid to be who she is. And she is able to love people and respect and honor who they are in the same breath as, you know, allowing herself to still stay true to who she is. So I I hope that that answered. Yeah, (laughs) no, I love it. It's everyone's own interpretation of it. So that's yours. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So someone was listening and they're like, Ooh, I like this Amanda girl. I want to follow her. I want to find you. I want to talk to you. How do they connect with you? How do they find you? Where are you online? So the best way to get a hold of me is Instagram because that's just, I think where my focus is. So my Instagram handle is amanda.c.gutierrez. 
And if you have questions even about the meal plan I offer, I have my website that's in my bio, but you can always DM me too. I do get DMs uh, wanting to know about the meal plan and things like that, or what's it look like for me to coach you. So Instagram, and then I am on Facebook as well. So you can look me up there, Amanda Gutierrez. And that's really the best way for people to find me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on or anything we didn't cover or how you feeling? You know, I, I think we, we covered all the bases. I will leave you guys with this. Have grace for your season because when you lose sight of where you're at and you are constantly angry with where you're at, you miss the beauty of where you're at. And so just have grace for your season. Don't lose hope. Maybe right now you're in a really crazy season of moving or you just had a baby or you're in a stressful time. You know, give yourself a lot of grace, but know that there is hope for you. And I believe the meal plan that I coach people on is that answer for a lot of women and men who need something that's structured and easy and accessible to just incorporate into their day-to-day life. So if you're looking for a way out of the vicious cycle, I'm here to help, but also know that I just, I'm not into condemning or shaming anyone for where they're at because shame never leads us to freedom. So yeah, I really hope you guys enjoyed my, my take on life and health and wellness. I'm still growing. I'm still learning a lot. But my newfound love for health and wellness through sharing my story has really been a platform for me to really understand that I have a lot to say and people do want to hear what I have to say. I wouldn't have even known or met Serena had I not put my health first and and been on this journey. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed this episode with Amanda. She was so helpful and encouraging and teaching and showing and just being honest about what her experience has been with her relationship with her body. I think for everyone, there's different points in our lives where we struggle with different things when it comes to our relationships with our bodies. Whether you're emotional eating, you're working out out of spite because you don't like your body, or you're just insecure about it. Um, It's an ongoing process and we learn and we grow each day. Don't be overwhelmed if you're not feeling automatically 100% better about yourself. This is a journey. And this podcast episode was really just to be a resource for you to stir up those questions about, okay, how can I develop a better relationship with myself and my body specifically? So if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. I read every single review and they mean so much to me and it takes less than two minutes to leave a review. Until next time, friends, thank you for listening to this episode and keep on pursuing your greatness. Bye-bye.